The CLNS Media Network is powered by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Time by A to Z Sports is Sophie Weller here to recap today's, you know, what is it every week? Another loss for the Patriots. This time, once again, in the Meadowlands, they won last time they were here. This time they're leaving with an L against the New York Giants in a 10-7 loss. Sophie, it was pretty much the same script that we've seen week in and week out. What were your thoughts from just another fat, disappointing L for the Patriots? I think today really highlighted that there's truly the quarterback situation in New England is really, really bad. Um, clearly, Mac Jones is not the answer after today's performance, but neither is Bailey Zappi. Um, and releasing Will Greer was an interesting decision given everything that's happened. It might show what he's done in practice, which we don't really get to see. But I, I think that something needs to be done or just turn your attention towards this draft and look for a quarterback there because something needs to change going into next year with the quarterback situation. Yep, I agree. And then we talked to uh, Bill Belichick. We talked to Bailey Zappi. We talked to Mac Jones after the game. Belichick told us that he told the quarterbacks at some point in practice, he said he didn't know or whatever, you know, Belichick's never going to give us the answers. We didn't really get a lot of clarification as to how exactly that went when players found out anything like that. But we did know that uh, this was a game where, as it's been reported, players didn't actually know who was going to start. They wouldn't really budge on that either. But just it was a weird situation considering Mac Jones was able to turn the ball over two times. And not only that, but he also had other turnover-worthy plays. Like he had the fumble where he gets stripped because he's holding the ball with one hand while going down. It's another weird decision, kind of an inexplicable play for him. Um, and you just he's allowed to make these mistakes, and Bailey doesn't even come in until the second half. So based on what we heard from the coaches and what you saw, do you think that maybe moving forward we'll actually see Zappi as the featured guy, or do you think that this is going to be a weekly occurrence where Mac Jones gets the start because obviously he's the best option because they don't have any good options, but then we're going to continue to see, oh, Mac turned the ball over, now it's time to put in Zappi. Like, are they going to split it by halves? How do you think it's going to work out? I think eventually Zappi's going to have to at least, they're going to have to give him a chance throughout the week at practice as the starter. I think that's the main thing right now is that they were splitting reps 50-50, whereas in the past few weeks, Mac has been the primary starter and getting most of the reps. If you give Zappi more reps in practice, I don't think there's going to be a major change, but I really can't speak to that or know that until you give him a chance. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think that we could see Zappi getting the start very soon, but who knows, he could do very poorly and Mac could come on in the second half they like I said earlier they just don't have a quarterback right now who can play a full game it's tough because like obviously Mac plays poor then Zappy comes in and he has the interception which was on the same concept it wasn't the exact same play because this one had motion but it was the exact same play concept that Mac threw his first interception on where he forces the throw off a play action and even if you take that out like if he doesn't throw the interception you still saw that all of his passes before then were screens. There was another play-action attempt that wound up being a check down, and even that was scary because it was a late check down where the defender came downhill pretty fast. It was tackled immediately and was a play where I was thinking, oh, God, this might be an interception. It might be a pass breakup. But even then, it's – I wonder what the offense does moving forward because with Mac Jones, you saw a little bit more, like there was more true drop back. He had more actual opportunities, but with Zappy, the offense felt like it was playing with one arm tied behind its back where it really couldn't do anything downfield. So if they do go with Bailey Zappy moving forward, do you think we're just going to see a version of the offense where it's like, all right, it's the two, uh, 2021 Bills game every single week where we're relying on the defense and the running game and these quarterbacks are going to get as few opportunities as possible? Because I thought that was going to be the plan this week, and clearly I was wrong and we saw what happened. 
I think the defense has been the main thing for this team all season. I think, you know, obviously the offense is in it. How many points have we scored in the last few weeks? Like the Patriots are really struggling. So I think the defense has held it together as much as they can. The thing with Zappi is that you've tried everything with Mac. You've tried everything there. Fans, I think, just want to see something else. And honestly, they're calling for Zappi. If he's not going to do well out there, give him the chance to go out there and prove that because you can only take so much of hearing that over and over again that we want Zappy, we want Zappy. Give him the chance to start. Have him play a game because at this point, you're not playing for playoffs. You're not right now. Like, <laughs> let's just see what he can do. I think that's kind of the question here mm-hmm. um, with that. The other thing, too, I want to say is like after the game, both quarterbacks took complete accountability for what happened. And I don't know about you, but like, I respect that they're taking accountability. Yep. I'm also a little tired of it because, it, like, <laughs> yes, that's 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 exactly how I put it. That's perfect. I think yep. I'm also a little tired of it because it's how you, they can only say so many times, like, "Oh, that was on me. That was on me." We know we've yep. seen it over and over again. It's time for something to change. I wrote something very similar because, <laughs> you know, I've been looking for the best deal on Celtics tickets, and with over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including concerts, sports festivals, and more. With the NFL, NBA, and NHL seasons of full swing, you don't want to miss out. SeatGeek has your tickets to every game. Plus, artists like Travis Scott are on tour. They put all the tickets across the web in one place to make sure you're getting a good deal. Each ticket is rated on a scale of 1 to 10, so look for the green dots. Green means good and red means bad. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. So as you know, I always come through for you guys. You can use my code DREAMERSPRO for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code DREAMERSPRO. Make sure you check the link in the description to download the app. Like you hear, like you said, you hear it every single week. And I wanted to ask Mac during the press conference, I didn't get a chance, but it's got to be frustrating for him as well because he's saying the same things every single week. And I wanted to be like, hey, man, are you just like pushing because of where the offense is? Because you know you guys are struggling to move the ball, but points on the board. Like, is there an element of this where like you're just trying to make something happen? Because it's it's every single week it's you can't turn the ball over da 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 and it's one thing like Bailey Zappi this is his second time or I guess his second turnover so you know he hasn't really had to face the music but Mac has every single week and I don't know it's just it's kind of like beating a dead horse it's banging your head against the wall it's all of those euphemisms for just like we're seeing the same things and we're not getting different results yeah. and <laughs> to that point to that point do you think they go even further wide I think Will Greer getting any playing time is pretty much out the window like they waved him reports were that Bailey Zappi still was throwing interceptions in practice <laughs> and that they had relatively comparable performances Mac and Bailey which is terrifying and I don't even know what that means relatively comparable but it tells you that if Mac is playing down to Bailey's level where it's relatively comparable that's bad and if Will Greer gets waived then clearly he's not doing much better albeit in fewer opportunities do you think and I I personally think this is a stretch but because we're talking about what people are calling for do you think Malik Cunningham will actually start to get more opportunities to throw in practice maybe you know they start mixing him in like where do they go from here we're not going to keep beating this dead horse but you know this is the last one and then we'll throw it over to a commercial break real quick but do you think they go outside of the box and say all right let's see what we have in the So 
after the Germany game, I asked Bill, will we see more Malik? Mm-hmm. I asked him that, and he really gave that typical, like, we're going to give everyone a shot in practice type answer. Today, same thing. I asked him again because I think everyone's tired of seeing the same thing over and over again. And to be honest, I I think we would have seen more from Malik had he been doing more in practice. But he also showed a lot during that preseason game. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's preseason. Yes, you're not playing the starters. But the guy can run, which run game is getting better, but mm-hmm. we're still not there. And while his passes might not be as accurate, which I'm guessing is why he's not getting the playing time that um, he we people might want to see him get, I think, once again, you're not playing for playoffs. Mm-hmm. Give him a shot. Yeah. What's the – like? What's holding you back at this point from letting people just – or le- even letting yourself see what he can do? I think you're 100% right. And then, I mean, when you think about, like we talked about, Bailey Zappi had the play calling for him just like neutered. Guys throwing all screens. If you have a guy like Malik where we saw he got a couple reps at quarterback on runs and it didn't work out. So, obviously, you can't really just throw him into the fire. He's a young guy. He's undrafted rookie who has mostly been playing receiver and hasn't gotten significant opportunities to play quarterback. So, obviously, you know, they're going to have to make some adjustments. But like you mentioned, the escapability, the dynamic athleticism, that gives you more than what the guys right now are giving you. If you have to just relegate it to one read throws and screen passes, so be it. But at least you can go empty. You can get some designed runs. And, you know, he needs some experience doing that. But you need something to give this offense some life because the run game is all you've got right now. At least Malik Cunningham can help you in terms of supplementing the running game, adding to it because of his athleticism, and also just not having to rely on your passing offense. Uh, we'll get a little bit more into the run game and the defense who kind of got shafted once again. <laughs> but first, we're going to send it over to our friends at FanDuel, and we will be right back in a bit. All right, we're back. Check out the comment section. So before we get to the running game and the defense, while we're on the topic of quarterbacks, Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels? Now, I personally, I haven't gotten to study the quarterbacks as much as I want to, but based off of what I have seen, I've personally been a little higher on Jaden Daniels because I think in terms of like playing the quarterback position, both guys have the talent. I'm not going to pretend that like Malik or Caleb Williams is somebody who only scrambles and only has these crazy throws where he's, you know, making all this other stuff happen outside of structure. But I do think Jaden does it on a more consistent basis. And I think that when you see him use his athleticism, it's more because the play that was drawn up didn't go well, as opposed to sometimes. Caleb it feels like he's in a clean pocket and then he's just trying to do a little bit more outside of that so if you you know Patriots right now according to Tankathon are sitting at the number two pick so if you have your option Drake May is probably gonna be off the board Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels Heisman favorite I think right now who are you going with that was so I think right now I'm gonna go with it's hard because I don't know how you say no to Caleb Williams if he's on the table but just based on how the seasons have gone and Based on the way Jaden Daniels plays, I like his athleticism and his ability to get like out of the pocket and things like that because that's something the Patriots have not had in, you know, over twenty years. Brady was an incredible quarterback, but he was not a running quarterback. Mm-hmm. What was there was like one play he tried to run and catch it. They tried to do like this. Oh yeah, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you that and play? it went right yeah, and his it right hands. through yep. his hands. Like, <laughs> he's he was not a running quarterback. He's the greatest of all time. There's no denying that. But they and then you got Mac Jones, who to me was. Their attempt at a Brady 2.0, a mm. great a guy from Alabama under the Saban, you know, coaching regime that knew that was a great passer, but he wasn't a runner. We've, mm. And we've clearly seen he's not a runner from this. I think it's time to switch it up. You know, you had Brady for 20 years. You won six Super Bowls. That's great. And it was amazing to have. But you can't recreate that. There's no recreating who Brady was. Mm. 
So let's try something different. Let's we see how Lamar's doing in the league. Like Lamar's yeah. like an MVP favorite right now. He's a runner. Mm-hmm. Try that out. Try and get someone who can get because I think that also is like the future of quarterbacks is getting yeah. these running guys who can who are kind of like a dual threat. I think you're absolutely right, especially when you look at guys like the best offenses. Like obviously you got like a Joe Burrow who can still survive in the pocket, but you also look at Joe Burrow and he's hurt. I think in this version of the NFL where offensive linemen or offensive line talent, especially tackle talent like the Patriots, you know, have had some issues this season, it's hard to find. You're not always going to have your offensive line at full strength. Not only that, but you're also not always going to be able to depend on your receivers winning consistently. You got really good defenders in the NFL. You got tight coverage. And again, with the pass rush being as potent as it is at times, sometimes you just don't have the amount of time for plays to develop. So when you have like a Jaden Daniels who showed yesterday, even when he maybe doesn't make the right read, I thought he had like a couple easy conversion opportunities underneath that he didn't capitalize on. And then you saw, especially late in the game, that he can use his legs to extend the play, to make something out of nothing. And that's an element that this Patriots offense does doesn't have. They are, I've seen it described as constipated. That's a perfect way to put it because, you know, the offensive line is struggling. The receivers are struggling. If you even had a dynamic runner where you see like Josh Allen and guys like that and Lamar Jackson, where if you just hold their offense down for a while, eventually the run plays are going to come. Or they're just going to get back there, and as soon as the first read is taken away, once they've seen that that's kind of a pattern, they're going to take off and make something happen. The Patriots don't have that. Obviously, you could put Malik Cunningham in there, Realistically, like we talked about, that's a step below a quarterback because he isn't as well prepared. He doesn't have the experience. But with a guy like Jaden Daniels or Caleb Williams, whoever it is, having that dynamic mobile element to the quarterback position makes everyone better around you. And then and with a Jaden Daniels, I think that that talent and his consistency is something that can also help kind of rise all ships and make an impact there. But beating quarterback over the head for a while. We understand the Patriots do not have a quality quarterback. <laughs> they should be drafting a quarterback. They should sign a quarterback. Come home, Jacoby, please. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of work to be done. But we still got some time left in the season. And the one bright spot in this offense, outside of Demario Douglas, who I'd argue has also had plenty of struggles on his own, but it's been the run game. Ramondre Stevenson has looked much better since about like week six. We started to see, you know, this is not an explosive running game, and I don't think anybody's going to confuse it with that. Their longest run today was 15 yards. But you do see that the offensive line is getting pushed. The running backs are creating some yards on their own, whether it's uh, making people miss in the backfield, whether it's running guys over. You know, they're actually carrying this offense and providing some form of life. What were your thoughts on how Ramondre and Zeke did today? And do you think that the offense can continue to just kind of go through them considering they don't really have a passing offense? Like, is that a viable way for them to stay competitive in games? I mean, I don't think they can stay competitive by just a run game. And I think that part of that is, too, like, the offensive line has been so much better than we saw at the beginning of the season, but it's still not where it should be. And I don't think you can get the – you can have the run game dominate enough to stay competitive um, from that sole – like. That's solely from the offensive line. Yep. So my I do think that it's getting a lot better. I think the addition of Zeke helped Ramondre. Not at the beginning. I think everyone was expecting this like explosion after his breakout season mm-hmm. last year, but it was a new team. Everything was a little different. And I think Ramondre talked early on that he actually has a very good relationship with Zeke prior to him coming to the Patriots, mm-hmm. and Zeke's helped him a lot. So I think them being on the same team, spending even more time together, and actually kind of in a way competing – helped Ramondre almost get that competitive edge back, um, even when there were the struggles early on. And that's what we've seen later on in the game. They can power through. Mm-hmm. I mean, Zeke's a strong guy, and Ramondre's good at making people miss him. Um, so it, it works out in that, in that kind of favor. But I think that they need 
some passing game and we're not and they're going to the run game more because there's no passing game from both not a you know not a strong wide receiver one mm. and not a strong quarterback option i mean they're it's why most of the touchdowns are typically runs now yeah. because it's <laughs> they don't they don't trust them to not throw a pick in the end zone mm. so it's it's why they keep turning to them and they're doing a good job and you know they're doing almost not what they need to be doing but they're they're kind of doing their job similar to how the defense has been doing their job, but there's that one part that's not or the few parts that aren't doing their job, and that's what's leading to all the struggles. Yep. And then we're talking about the bright spots. I mentioned Demario Douglas. You know, Devontae Parker did his thing. He had a couple of yeah. big catches. Juju Smith Schuster had a yeah. tough grab on the fourth down where he converted. So, you know, it wasn't all Demario Douglas, but when it continues to be the same thing where when you're looking for a sign of life and you're looking for, oh, wow, that guy looks like, you know, a guy who plays in the modern NFL, it's Demario Douglas. Now, I will say the interception, Mac's second interception, I thought while it was an inexcusable decision for Mac Jones, throwing blindly didn't look like he saw the whole defender who intercepted it. It was also a slow route from Demario Douglas, took him forever to get into and out of the route. And then by the time he turned around, the ball was already intercepted. So something was clearly off, like Max process sped up by the free blitzer. But especially when you see that blitz coming as, you know, the running back in that position to Mario Douglas, you need to know, okay, heat's coming. I got to make myself available. That said, he did have a lot of good gains on screen passes and unfortunately left the game with a head injury on a play that I don't know how it wasn't called for illegal contact with the head and neck area. I first thought it was a face mask because you see his head spin around and then you see more angles. It's like, no, no, no. That was just like a completely out of pocket place. So honestly, Jabril Peppers doesn't know how that wasn't a penalty too. That's what I was going to say. So yeah. So what I know you heard a lot. So <laughs> what did we hear in the locker room about that play? And also how did you feel about tomorrow's performance today? And, you know, I guess the outlook for the rest of the season, considering how hamstrung this offense yeah, so I'll start just with his performance today. I definitely agree with you on that one play after rewatching it. He was slow on that run and he didn't turn around. So I don't I don't think it was fully, you know, Max's fault where oh, I mean it was. It was a bad throw. <laughs> it was a bad throw. But at the same time, Douglas was slow on the route and never turned around. And there were just two, you know, the Giants defense today read the read the quarterbacks like it was, you know. The, a children's book, honestly. That just came to me. Um, they they were just reading that left and right because it was so easy to just see that they oh they're going to throw it into triple coverage. That's great. Let's just try and grab it. Yep. So and that was all day. So I think that um, from that standpoint, that was not a great play. But I do think Demario Douglas has proven that he has a lot of potential. Mm -hmm. He's a rookie. He's made rookie mistakes. The muff punt was one early on. Yeah. He's Two fumbles today, yeah, actually. Yeah, he, he's made some mistakes, and he has a lot to grow on. But he's a sixth-round pick who no one really knew the name of, and now everyone kind of knows his name in this yeah. league. So I, I think that's not to be forgotten. Mm -hmm. And I think that they can turn him into this amazing player eventually if they keep working with him. Mm -hmm. And I think that it, that does seem to be the plan. I don't think they're going to give up because they keep giving him the ball. And, you know, we've seen Bill bench players for a lot less than a muff putt and yeah. Demario Douglas went right back out there two plays <laughs> later. So they, they're not ready to give up on him. Um, as for what's the, the other locker room. Oh, the locker room yeah. situation. <laughs> that was I had to remember that was crazy. So um, immediately after the game, I ran right up to Jabril Peppers just to quickly talk with him. Um, and he didn't really want to talk much, but I was able to get out a quick quote from him that basically went along the lines of the play. He does not know how that was not a penalty. Um, and he went on about how these officials keep calling these, you know, penalties that we don't even think are penalties yeah. for the safety of the game. 
Yet you allow that, yeah. You allow something like that to happen where his head snaps back. And it was just, he, he went on and used some language that I'm not going to use on here um, to describe what he thought of that whole play. But it was it was crazy. And he was just really not not happy. And he does not know. And he's known to go off a little bit, mm-hmm. like, on the officiating. But this was, like, the angriest I've seen him. And this was also, like, an unfiltered version of him. Normally he's more, he filters himself. This was like very upset over what happened. Um, I also quickly checked in with Demario Douglas. He wasn't doing like specific media or anything like that, but he did say he does not have a concussion, Mm -hmm. um, which is very good news. So that should not sign, hopefully will not sideline him for too long. But again, it's, he he didn't go into specifics on what the injury was, just that it doesn't seem to be a concussion. Yeah. And Peppers wasn't the only one who was pretty pissed off about this. Uh, I know Chris Mason from Mass Live interviewed Devontae Parker, who was very angry. He had an expletive-filled little rant going on as well because he, in back-to-back seasons, has suffered a concussion on a play that was a brutal hit that should have been flagged but wasn't. And it's one of those things where every single week you see plays where Twitter blows up because it's like, how in the world do you call That's literally just, that's football. That's how the game is played. You have Tom Brady um, doing interviews and saying that the game isn't being officiated the right way. And it's basically being put into the hands of players to try to protect each other while they're going 100 miles per hour and playing a very violent game, as opposed to the officials actually doing their job and policing things properly. And this wasn't the same thing where it's, you know, uh, it's the offensive player's fault. This was a play where very, if you're looking at the play, I don't know how you don't notice DeMario Douglas's head spin the way it did yeah. completely unnaturally. And if you do, I don't know how you conclude that someone on the defense wasn't responsible. So disappointing situation that we see week in and week out. And I just want to yeah. add that I've interviewed DeMar- uh, Devontae Parker. He does not say a lot. So for him to go yeah. off that much, I mean, we've all done it where he, like he's a very soft-spoken guy, gives like one or two word answers typically when he's asked questions. For him to go off like that, that the team was very angry and Jabril Peppers was seen on like the, the field when that play happened, like going off. They were all very angry over that play, which is, and I, again, don't know how that wasn't a penalty. I think all of us don't know how that wasn't a penalty. Yeah. Like you said, his next snap back, it, uh, it was just crazy. So for the players to go off, especially some of them who don't speak as much, was very telling. Yeah, and I'm not going to make this like the people are against the <laughs> Patriots or anything, but truly, it is weird how it's been almost on like a weekly basis where you see a penalty where it was like the tripping. And Bill Belichick, the fact that he acknowledged it in a presser a few weeks ago tells you that this is an issue that they're noticing, yeah. where for whatever reason, it feels like Patriots players have been put in harm's way by other teams and officials either aren't noticing it or they're not calling it out and actually protecting these guys. So, you know, I understand that the Patriots are a laughingstock right now. And when you don't play well or, you know, you're not one of the higher-profile teams or have high-profile players who draw a lot of attention when those things happen, I understand to a degree how maybe it gets done, but that doesn't justify it. And I think it's ridiculous that we're dealing on a weekly basis with players who are, you know, being put in these positions and not being protected. So that's very disappointing. Uh, Speaking of disappointing, we are about to go in uh, about the Patriots defense who every single week just keep being put with their back against the wall and having to, you know, basically, as Adrian Phillips said, (laughs) allow zero points for the offense to have any chance of winning the game. Before we get into that, we're going to turn it over to our friends at SeatGeek. Quick commercial break. We'll be back. Oh, sorry. You caught our (laughs) behind-the-stage banter. Um, And one thing I saw in the comments section that I understand people, you know, may think that I'm protecting Mac Jones. 
I really am not. Like, I, I think anybody who's seen me watch these games in person, like, I'm telling you, I called out every, literally every bad play that happened today. I'm looking at it like the fumble. I'm like, Mac, please don't do this. Please, like, put the ball away. I'm not defending the guy. I will say, from my perspective, he, and this was not one of those games. I think, like, the script asked so little of him. It's, I, I don't really have anything positive to say. I think in most of these games, he's fine for the majority and then breaks out a few plays where you're just like oh god what are you doing and you know leading up to this game I did think that Mac you know my thought has been okay make it to next year and Mac can maybe compete for the starting job hopefully with a veteran who has some experience in the league like I said Jacoby or maybe a Josh Dobbs and then you draft somebody and have an actual competition which Mac hasn't had since his rookie year so I'm not trying to stick up for his poor play because he has made some inexcusable mistakes it's just disappointing because we've already seen, like from his rookie year, he has the talent to play in the NFL, but everything around him has just been so bad. And there's been such um, an inexplicable lack of development in terms of the offensive line, in terms of the receiver position, just help in general, where I feel like there always has to be that asterisk when you talk about Mac, where it's like he is playing terrible football. Like, I'm sure he'll tell you this is the worst he's played in his entire life. Like, he's playing, like, one of the worst quarterbacks. I think he's playing backup quality uh, football, maybe even worse. Like, he's not even top 50, I think, in the league right now because of the turnovers. That said, it's just really hard to look at the guy and be like, you suck or anything because look at what the situation is around him. He's made it worse, but, you know, it's just he's been put in some tough positions. If you, We're going to go on to the defense after this, but wanted to acknowledge that. I just, I just got to throw out, like, Taylor's not protecting Mac at all. When I tell you, I looked over at him multiple times today and was like, how did you predict that? Because he would call the fumble. He would call like the interception before it happened because he could read that play. That's how bad they That's, are. He's like, telegraphing his own mistakes, can, and then they're happening. <laughs> we can see it happen before the play even goes out. But like he said, it, we say the same thing about Mac every week. He's not playing well, but we, as reporters, we can only say that so many times mm-hmm. or write it so many times. There are other issues with the team, and that's also what we point out. But make no mistake, we are very aware of how Mac is playing and what needs to change. We fully admit a quarterback change is needed. I think maybe just don't have any options. (laughs) Exactly. Like when he competed with Cam Newton, we saw a whole different side Mm -hmm. of Mac. That was a competitive Mac who was throwing impressive passes. Against the Giants. It was that was the game yes, that won him the job yes. was against the Giants in joint practices. Yes, that oh my gosh, that was. Mm-hmm. But then you bring in Bailey Zappi, who is to be honest, he's not even playing like a backup right now. Mm-hmm. He, he needs he needs to play better. We saw glimpses of him playing better last season, but again, now he's kind of fallen down a little bit. So what needs to happen is they need to if they want to see Mac really try and compete and maybe show a little bit more of what he did his rookie season, bring in someone for him to compete with and give him a real, give him that chance. Cause I think right now he kind of, it's getting to a point where it's like, yeah, the starting job's his because who are they going to turn to otherwise? Yep, exactly. So that's, that's yes. that on Mac. We'll move on to the defense really briefly before we get out of here. But yeah, we were talking about being put in an unfair position. Adrian Phillips was quoted as saying, you know, we're giving up like 10 points a game and it's not enough. So I guess we have to, you know, give up zero. I wasn't there when he said it, but I read that with a yeah. tinge of sarcasm. Now he's a professional. I, I'm not trying to put words in his mouth. I don't know whether or not he was, you know, 
implying that this is ridiculous. But even like Jabril Peppers, somebody spoke to him about it and it felt like he was biting his tongue a little bit. And that's understandable because it's week in and week out. Dietrich Wise keeps having to go to the podium and say, this is not a bad football team. Like we are holding offenses below their season averages. This is the second week in a row that they have taken an elite back and held him under 100 yards. Saquon ran for under 50. He had one nice run early. Honestly, I forgot. It was really just one nice run before that fumble happened on the first possession. Like the defense is doing what it's supposed to be doing. Are they playing some bad passing offenses? Yes, they gave up 10 points at back-to-back weeks, and still the offense couldn't get the job done despite having opportunities to get the ball back and either tie or win the game. So, I mean, I don't even know, honestly, what the question is, but just, like, what is your perspective on what this defense has had to deal with, and do you think that there's a chance that we could start seeing the type of division we are seeing with the Jets, where that defense is clearly frustrated and it's starting to bubble over for them? Different situation because, you know, I feel like with them it's really just that you know, Robert Sala keeps seemingly defending Zach Wilson. And even when he benched him, you know, he's sticking with Tim Boyle, even though it's like, that's not the problem. This is just like our quarterback situation is really bad. It hasn't gotten to Jets levels yet, but it feels like, you know, we still got, what, five weeks left? Like, we have a lot of time left, and I, I just feel like at some point, this unit, if they keep allowing under, like, 20 points and yeah. losing, you wonder, like, when does, the, when does the locker room start to splinter, I guess? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, first off, I think that everything going on with the Jets right now mm-hmm. is a whole other show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that can go on for hours and hours. <laughs> Same, like, we can go on with for the Patriots. That yeah. whole thing is a mess. Um, Different types of bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's multiple in this league right now, I guess. Um, but as for the Patriots defense, I totally agree. I mean, they are, to the most part, they're doing their job. The missed tackles are definitely an yeah. issue that needs to be addressed. 100%. We we saw, J- I think it was the touchdown they scored today, J.C. Jackson, just completely like ran past him. He didn't, John Jones got stiff yes. arm, which like when John Jones is the one missing the tackle, like it just felt like maybe it's just not their day. Yeah, <laughs> but like what it when is like yeah. But again, the defense is doing their job. Jabril Peppers, I know we've talked about him a bunch, but from a defensive standpoint, he is like insane. Mm-hmm. He had the fumble recovery today, yep. and then sack, the sack. Tackle for loss. Like, he's been balling. Christian Barmore as well. He had a sack, tackle for loss. He batted a pass. Like, yeah. I'd say co-defensive MVPs, those guys. They've been insane. And a lot of the other guys have been really great this season. I think Miles Bryan actually had a really good tackle today. He's mm-hmm. been kind of quiet, but there was one tackle he had today that was really impressive. Yeah. Um, that stood out to me. And I think that was also because we didn't see much from J.C. Jackson in terms of a lot of missed tackles today. Yeah. But just from that standpoint – it's got to be frustrating for the defense. And again, this is not by any means a report, but I do think that there could be some division eventually mm-hmm. because they're doing their job and you're starting to hear it come out. I mean, the Patriots, when they speak, the players, they don't give anything away typically. They are one of the teams that you can bear. I mean, them swearing over the officiating was like a big news like, oh, okay. because, <laughs> oh my gosh, like I can't believe they're saying that. Mm-hmm. It's They don't normally do things like that. But I read that too about what Adrian Phillips said. And to hear him say something like that, that's when you know like things are starting to divide already. Yeah. Because how can you not be frustrated? You're natural competitors and you want to win. The defense is doing their job to help this team win, but they're not receiving that same help from the other side. Yep. So there's got they there's gotta be something going on between those two. And anyone you talk to will fully support the team. You will never hear them directly say, like, oh yeah, we're pissed off at them. Mm-hmm. They'll never say that, but what they will do is 
make these little side comments in media that they can technically get away with. Yeah, and I mean, like, you can nitpick this defense. Like, I know, like, the Commanders game, like, they've had some bad performances where there's coverage breakdowns, there's bad tackling. This has not been, like, a shameless unit by any stretch. And today, you had, you know, Jalen Hyatt had his first 100-yard day of his career. Rookie, obviously. But, you know, still, it had never happened before. And then you also have the missed tackles where there's plenty of things to point to. And that's what the defense tells us. It's like, well, we're not perfect either, usually. They're like, you know, we have our things that we need to focus on. We need to do what we got to do but still like you're giving up 10 points and even in the games where they struggle they they are bending a lot this season but they're not breaking yes. very often they've had a couple games where like the dam broke and you definitely saw them let up more touchdowns than you'd like but yeah I, I just don't understand how they continue to like take this quietly when not only it's not even like this is just an offense it's just devoid of talent it's you know the scheme is good enough that they're moving the ball at times and they're just stalling or they're just giving it away. And I think that's the worst. It's one thing when you keep stalling. It's another thing when you're throwing egregious interceptions and just showing a total lack of ball security, which Bill Belichick mentioned. Like, usually he'll say, you know, we didn't do well enough on either side of the ball. Like, he'll try to make it a well-rounded thing where he doesn't blame one side or the other. First thing he said when he got to the podium was, was sloppy um, ball security and, like, that's not going to cut it. So, And with that, too – the first um, drive of the game for the Giants, Jabril Peppers, that's when he recovered that fumble. Yep. The Patriots then go three and out. They go three and out. Like, you you get... One of several. <laughs> yeah, but just, like, they're forcing turnovers. Like, that's something that I think this, with, like, what's going on, this defense is not receiving enough credit for, is they are forcing turnovers from yep. the other team mm -hmm. most of the, these games, and big turnovers at that. So, with that, it's like, you know, how do you not... The, some of this blame is on the offense, and how do you not, like, you know, you feel bad for the defense a little bit in this sense. And especially because before, when they were getting turnovers, the offense was capitalizing for a few weeks. The past two weeks, they have not capitalized on turnovers. And, you know, they've done plenty of other things to make it tough on their defense. So we're going to get out of here. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think just to recap, the Patriots do not have a quality quarterback. I don't think there's any good answer for starters. I think they've really just got to lean into the ground game and play like it's the 20s again and seriously just like throw only when you absolutely have to, even if you start getting booed, no matter how bad it is, you just don't really have many options. And you got to do something to like throw this defense a carrot, like give them something where it's like, okay, we understand, we hear you, our quarterbacks aren't good, you know, at least we'll try to just protect the football and, you know, I guess maybe they got to score some points or something. They were pretty hyped after that Bailey Zappi touchdown. Like, you could see it on the sidelines. Yeah. They were finally hyped to, like, see the team charge down the field and score. It wasn't off a short, you know, it wasn't off a turnover with short field. Like, they were able to get the ball and actually create some plays and move the ball. So, I think you need more of that. They can't keep stalling like they are. But if that's any glimpse of how excited this defense can get after one tiny thing, like, give them something. <laughs> yeah, something. It's it's tough, everyone. But keep it locked in. Oh, first, so before we get out of here, please let the people know where they can find you and your great work. I know you got something coming out, obviously, after this game. Yeah, so I'm with A to Z Sports. Um, my Twitter handle's right up there. I post all my stories there. And so that's where you can find me. I'm normally tweeting either random thoughts during the game or – random photos of me too during media apparently <laughs> um so yeah just uh, follow along i'm in my first year on somewhere so yep, rookies rookies um <laughs> we're so we're navigating it but it's quite the team to cover our first mm, year <laughs> yeah, we're learning a lot uh, but thank you all for joining every week really appreciate you take care of yourselves take care of each other and we will see you next time